This show discusses serious and often disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. What dost thou want? Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? The goat of Mendes. The devil himself. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know! Here we are. Here we are. We did. So, I'm just going to pretend like it's last week, and you just asked me what life was like in Wisconsin. Yeah, life like in Wisconsin. And I'm going to tell you. Uh... That it's been, you know, fucking cold for months and months, and it feels like winter is never going to be over. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. suddenly, it's just not winter anymore. Like, wait, what? <laughs> in like, the, you know, not now. I guess now about two weeks ago, like it went from being like no degrees to being like forty degrees, and all the snow melted in a couple of days, and like now we're just in spring. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Like, I will never get over how weird seasons are and how quickly they can change. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and it's funny. So, like... Go ahead. Okay, oh, you can go. No, 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 go. So, like, all of us were, like, frantic, like, we were desperate to be outside last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, we need to see, like, the sun and be out in the world. Uh, and it was like right when everyone, you know, everyone was like getting totally paranoid about being near anyone, but oh, yeah. also everyone needed to not needed to not be in their house because winter was over. Yeah. Right. Um, so we were at this park, and there were a ton of people there, and everyone was sort of freezing on the side of like trails to let one another go by. <laughs> uh, and on one hand, it was like kind of sad, but on the other hand, it was kind of awesome that everyone was giving each other personal space <laughs> for once. Were you guys those friendly type that just, like, wave to each other for no reason? Yeah, is that what they do in the Midwest? That's Ugh. weird, man. Yeah, they, like, talk to you. Ugh, yeah. Stop it. I don't know. We have that here, too, on hikes. There's a lot of folks Yeah, hiking are, hiking is like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how yeah, are you? Hiking camaraderie. I don't know. Anytime I'm like in a park, I'm on a mountain bike, so I don't have to talk to people. But they're all. But all, the other great thing about being outside is that they... Uh, I forgot that this, this park has all those like crazy fucking weird teepee things. What? Oh yeah, that, like that we sent you a picture of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, one yeah. That, where I was like, and they were never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. There's there's like a bunch of like straight limbed trees in this like. I I think this happens in a bunch of midwestern parks, but in specifically this park, it happens a lot. Um, but there are a bunch of like sort of straight branched trees, like alders and birches and stuff that either they have to cut branches off of or they fall off of or, you know, whatever happens that there are just a ton of these long, long, straight branches and people prop them up into these weird little like hut things. Uh, so then you'll have like a half a dozen like huts in a big circle and it's fucking terrifying and i love it so much yeah it's almost like a weird like man-made little thicket house uh, i always want to like play in them but i'm also afraid of like who might already be in there i don't what what could you ever mean what would be what would be in there uh with that 
Welcome to What's Wrong With Us, a podcast that asks the question, how do I file a complaint with the time police? <laughs> I'm Jazz. <laughs> uh, I'm Jazz. I'm James. I'm also James. And I'm also James. Wait. Wait. No. Hey. No, you're not. I am a big kidding. fibber. I'm, I'm Justin. <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hi. Uh, Lizzie couldn't join us tonight because she is social distancing in the woods alone, but yeah. she's fine. I mean, it is nighttime all the time. She keeps texting me how it hasn't been daylight for at least five days. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of weird. But yeah, otherwise, everything's some cool. weird, weird, weird texts. Yeah. Getting, yeah. getting real, real meta out there. Um, and uh, tonight we're talking about Adam Wingard's 2016 The Blair Witch. Or if you're like me and still believe the second one exists, then The Blair Witch 3. Uh, <laughs> Wingard the truth is out there. <laughs> the truth is out there. The truth is out there. One day we will do that. That will be Patreon-only content. You're going to have to really want to hear what we have to say if you want to hear that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, Adam Wingard and screenwriter Simon Barrett pick up the original story 20 years later. Bum, bum, bum. James Donahue has always wondered what actually happened to his sister Heather in the Black Hills Forest. Now, James has come across some interesting found footage on YouTube that promises some answers. James's friend Lisa, a student videographer, has asked to tag along to document the situation. The pair are accompanied by James's lifelong friends Ashley and Peter, and the group meets up with Black Hills locals Lane and Talia to discover what is really lurking in the woods. What is really lurking in the woods? Uh, so thanks for watching this, guys. Um, this movie is a lot. Uh, and and I a lot of something. It's a lot of it's something. A lot of something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I suspect it's not going to be as like academic as a lot of the other folk horror movies <laughs> huh. we've yeah. had. I, I, honestly, if there's an academic podcast <laughs> about this movie, I'd love to hear it. Frankly, <laughs> I'm because I'm they very can make intrigued. anything sound academic. Yeah. <laughs> But I, um, I am really excited to talk about uh, some of the elements of folk horror in this. Um, maybe some of the things this movie gets really wrong, and of course, your highs and lows. Um, <laughs> uh, highs. Uh, <laughs> it is rough. What um, are some highs for this? This movie has dizzying highs. I mean, I think there's some things about it are, that are fine, like. Um, the ending is actually like for as as numerous as this movie's faults are, and they are numerous. The ending is actually pretty okay. Like it kind of yeah. sticks the ending in a way that a lot of better movies really don't. It, yeah, um, it's it, weird how they how they went backwards on this one. Yeah, so like an, um, the movie that immediately comes to mind as I'm thinking about this is a movie that we kind of talked about when we were talking about doing a folk horror season. And that was As Above, So Below. And As Above, So Below, um, fucking A, A plus title for a movie. Such a good movie, yes. movie title. And then B, uh, fucking killer opening sequence. And mm-hmm. C, like a lot of stuff that like kind of like going into that, like the first like two thirds, half of that movie are fucking awesome. And then that completely like shits the bed on the ending. And this movie is that reversed. <laughs> a lot of this movie is fucking bad. And then you get to like this kind of crescendo and they find the house 
and um, it's actually pretty decent. Like when they're in the house, like I don't love some of those choices that they made, but uh, it all kind of works. Um, some of the other, like I can see like some of the things that they were doing, but like either the actors wouldn't weren't into it, or the writing wasn't like didn't really support it. But like the whole thing about you know the woods being like lost out of time and like it's been dark for days and you know the like uh, things like that like when Lane charges out of the woods like he delivers those lines with all of the fucking enthusiasm of a high school play like that guy <laughs> was not having like, I did not believe a no. word that was coming out of his mouth uh, his girlfriend she was fine but yeah, like I thought she was fine she's cute that yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's sort of where I stand on it. Like, if there's some thing, the good thing about it is the ending and pretty much everything else is bad. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like this movie, but I didn't feel that strongly. Fair enough. That in that direction, like, I thought there was some good, stupid entertainment. Yeah, to be had in I mean, this movie. I, am I sad that I do, that I watched it? No, I don't. No, like, yeah, like, no. I, I, I don't need to watch this movie again. Like. <laughs> Uh, anytime soon but sure. like this is the second time i've seen it and it's fine yeah you know like jump scares are cheap and oh not, yeah and not so good cheap. but like they they still they did shitty jump scares and threw weird interesting like asides kind of yeah. in there almost like if they had developed them more and like done more with it than this movie probably could have been amazing like yeah. it could have been really great like like as above so below it has some really good like ideas in it and some yeah. really good thoughts but like it just doesn't get there quite all the way i like that you bring up some of those points about the jump scares and how they're cheap but they're still done in an interesting way i I read an interview with adam wingard and he was saying he really wanted this movie to be one of those movies that you watched in a group so like if you think back to like watching a movie that has a watching a movie scene in it and like you know they're on a date people are jumping and throwing popcorn and like oh um, that that's the vibe you're supposed to get from all those moments. And sure. we saw this when it came out in theaters and I think it does achieve it in the theater. It was really fun to watch in a group. Um, and also the hype around the movie is, is like pretty interesting, but I'll get to that later. Yeah, totally. I mean, I agree. The ending was, was pretty interesting. And again, it, I mean, the, I guess the main thing with this movie is just that it doesn't really, develop anything that it throws out there and and is a much worse movie as a result of it there's so many weird ideas that they just left sitting on the table yeah yeah but yeah uh, well i could talk i could talk a little bit more, more about lows in a second Justin, <laughs> what were your highs i would say i'm gonna preface this by saying um on rotten tomatoes right now this movie has 36 percent critical score which is fine um, and 31% audience score, Oof. which I'm not Man. sure is totally fair. Like, no, I, I would give this movie a passing grade. Like, you know, it, it should get like 55%, I think. Like it, it has like, you know, some spooky woodsy shit that I like. Like it is able to successfully build up some atmosphere. Uh, and if all I really want is just more scary Blair Witch Poppets. Like, it delivers on that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots for of, like, most of serious. what I would want from a, you know, sequel to Blair Witch, not from the original, like, creators, it delivers on. I think, I think it does more or less an admirable job on delivering just, like, you know, on some spooky shit. 
So I, I would say that like highs are just sort of generally like the like woodsy aesthetics that it builds up. Um, and, you know, continuation of the of the Blair Witch like stuff. Um, specifically, I, I, like when you're talking about the ending, the fact, the idea of her being in the the little crawl space tunnel under the house, uh, I found was really really effective. Uh, yeah. Partially, yeah. like I I have a thing about closed spaces myself, so maybe that was more effective for me than it was for some. Uh, but I felt like that that moment of panic that she was able to evince while she was in that tum- tunnel was really really good. Yeah, she did a great job. She did. Uh, I think the main two people um, did some did good things. Yeah, like, yeah, they both did good work in the movie. I think so. Yeah, she committed to it in a way that most of them did not. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> totally. In a way that most of them had only read about. Oh. <laughs> I feel like this movie is so weird because I I have one point that's both a high and a low. Okay, and this is what people think horror movies are. Um, so it's yeah. like it's like a quintessential yeah. Yeah, yeah. like stereotypical horror movie, which sucks because it makes people jump like scares, jump scares, jump scares, jump scares, jump scares. It makes people not like horror movies because you know they're like, oh, this is all it is. Yeah, but also yeah. at the same it's like time, like Monopoly and board games, right? Yeah, but also it, like attracts people into the genre because it is very approachable. Um, it's yeah. it's something you would watch for Halloween or something you would watch, yeah. you know, to get in a, a, a creepy mood because nothing like too. Horror, horrific and yucky happens. Like it's just a lot of jump scares and it's it's frightening. Did you ever see things crawl out of her foot? Like oh, she pulls that bug yeah, out of her foot. Yeah, she pulls a thing out of. Uh, Wait, it's like and it's like out of her calf. Yeah, like. it's oh, really yeah. weird. It's like a centipede, but it it clearly should have been a bot fly. But they're not in the yeah. right region for a bot fly. <laughs> and and that's another big low I have about this movie is there's like a lot of interesting stuff that they fail to execute mm-hmm. so like yeah, totally should have been a bot fly but clearly you don't know how bot flies work well not just that <laughs> like like we were like we were saying earlier like the whole like time passing differently for yeah. each of them like that's an idea that's explored i think in a couple of horror movies and better there but like you can do like doing it in a way like he like like the way they charged out of the woods, he might as well have just charged out of the woods with like a big fake Santa beard on. It was like, <laughs> like it was basically an SNL sketch. Like that is how much those people fucking committed to that. And it was like that idea is like fucking like legitimately creepy and fucked yeah. up. Like you're yeah. locked in a place of always night and it's like times passing differently for different people. Always night. Always, always night. night. Always, always night. night. Um like that's fucking rad and like you wake up in the middle of the night and like there's fetishes hanging from the trees everywhere yeah there's some like legitimately cool creepy things that happen in this movie and it fails really utter like yeah. really utterly to execute them i mean we're we're fully in lows it sounds like now <clears throat> wait My- I, I have one more oh. Hi, oh, yeah. because you you brought up that worm thing uh, I'm going to have a specific uh, high for the Foley artistry of when they were pulling the worm out of her leg. Uh, because oh, yeah. the sounds that it made literally turned my stomach. <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty yucky. Uh, the fetishes are all cool. Sh- shout out to the, the Foley artist there. The fetishes are cool. And like the fetishes as like voodoo doll almost kind of thing. Like. When she that snaps, moment was great. Snaps that in moment, half, snaps herself in half. Exactly, so fucking like, great. It's that's a great fucking moment. Rad. Yeah. yeah, totally. But and man. it's quick enough that like the practical effect kind of works too. And, yeah, the practical effect totally it works really, with the, like the dummy legs, and she's like clearly buried up to her waist. Super yeah. effective. Like that works. 
That's all, and it's done practically. They didn't do something dumb like sh- with like with some like shitty CGI having her like fold in half in midair or something. Yeah, totally. Like they chose to to pan away and have it like be a practical. Great choice. So credit where credits due on that one yeah. for sure. Absolutely. My first low is the slender blur also raptor <laughs> of a witch. Like seriously, guys, that's really like. Really? That's what we went with, huh? Okay, yeah. cool. Like, seriously, Lizzie and I were watching this, and it was just like, is there a fucking dinosaur in this woods? Like, really? Yeah. Really? I'm, I'm so fucking happy you said that, because on top of it, one of the things I wrote down was, for the witch, they used T-Rex logic. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if yes. you don't move, exactly. you can't, can't see you if it's the whole you. time. Okay, Samuel. Yeah. It was just like, what the fuck Somebody are you talking Samuel about? Somebody gets Samuel Jeff Goldblum out here <laughs> That. <laughs> also, life finds a way. That logic was bullshit for T Rexes too. Yeah, I love Jurassic <laughs> Park. The fucking T Rex has a nose. Like, just even even if somehow its vision is based on movement, it can smell you. Like, yeah. it's a fucking apex predator. Come the fuck on, guys. Yeah. yeah. And if there's or, any or apex it. predators in this movie, it's the goddamn witch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, she can control time. Uh, you, you know, she she makes fetishes that if you snap, will snap you in half. Yeah, like but, full uh, on poppets. If you just don't move and don't look at her, <laughs> you're fine. You're totally fine. Yeah, I. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was an interesting and I, and I choice. Think in so many ways, like I same thing. Like everything I like is also a thing I don't like. I feel like Adam Wingard did a very, very, very good job making a movie, but he didn't know how to make this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and so one of the things that like super pissed me off, since we are doing a podcast right now, is in uh-huh. the beginning when she's doing the narrative overlay for her video she's like sitting in her like big cavernous bedroom like whatever and it's like and she's clearly just doing audio she's not filming yeah. herself and i'm like bitch why are you not in the closet with a blanket over your head your sound is terrible yeah <laughs> god that wasn't i mean honestly just the fact that they all have like weird bluetooth cameras that are all pov cameras and they're like doing like quick cuts and shit I was like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't want that. That's stupid. Just like, I mean, again, I watched the first one again after I watched this movie. And I was like, this feels like a found footage movie. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason I feel like it was so successful is because even though obviously it's not a real thing, the fact that they could say, yeah, no, we found this in the woods felt accurate. You know, it's like the first one is obviously ridiculous. But like the first three quarters of the, the first movie is like. Yeah, this seems like a, a three college kids just dicking around in the woods. Like, mm. this feels real. And this movie was like, no, we have fucking state of the art Bluetooth, yeah, headset, and a fucking cameras, drone. and also and whatever. You know, it was. So, I was just like, I, I'm here for that actually because like I'm all I'm I'm fine with like any kind of shit that you need to dream up to like make found footage movies work on a certain level. Like, um, the I'm fine with the like the weird like they clearly just got some fucking I mean, like they were Bluetooth just Bluetooth headsets. They were just Bluetooth yeah. headsets <laughs> totally. uh, that they act like had to GoPros in them. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's that's fine. But like I'd much rather have that, have them like go through a little bit of like you know, explaining it than like, oh, this is a found footage movie and have it do like, you know, camera pans and like all this like fancy camera work without it. 
You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Like, because there's a lot of found footage movies where it's like, okay, guy. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> but at that's... least they go through the trouble of like establishing it somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, because they, they clearly didn't go through the trouble like... of that of doing that for anything else in the movie. <laughs> that's yes, that's true. <laughs> It's it's funny to talk about um, that aspect of the filming too, because that was also in the interview I read with Adam Wingard. Was so in the original, it really was just the actors had their own cameras, totally, and so the the director was just kind of there with them and telling yeah. them what to do. But the actors actually manned their own cameras, totally. And so that's why you get such like the shaky cam and the yucky feel, and like the the weird intimacy with it because like these are just kids who don't know how to use cameras very well. But so Adam Wingard said he really liked that idea, but it wasn't going to be practical. And so they did something, I guess that they thought was more practical, which was cut shot. And they would stand behind someone to get the POV shot and then do the line, stop the scene, reorient the camera around the other person's shoulder, start the scene. Cut the scene, switch, cut the scene, switch. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. You're just like, so none. So one of the things he said about it was the flaw with doing that kind of technique is it took all of the actors out of the moment and, and made all of their interactions with each other really, really complicated. Uh, and it yeah. shows. Yeah, totally. Why didn't they just show. film it with iPhones? Like, yeah. Yeah, there's so many Tangerine existed at the it. point that this movie was made. Yeah, yeah no yeah. shit. Not just that, but like GoPros existed. I was going to say, yeah. fucking GoPros to their heads. GoPros are a thing. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah. If you like, want, yeah. And it's the commitment, right, to to making a found footage movie, which is what the Blair Witch is. That's yeah. Like, the movie which is, is such a big part of it. The only yeah. reason totally. the movie's interesting is because it's a found footage movie, and it's it's it really is what sparks the whole found footage genre. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. these things have like sort of existed, but only like in yeah. I mean, Cannibal, your weird cousin's basement. Cannibal Holocaust was a movie that was basically a found footage movie. Yeah. But yeah. It was the one that really kind of like ignited. Like, this is a thing we're going to do now. Um, and we're really going to embrace it with like the VHS movies and, and all of the other weird anthology found footage movies we have now. And sure. and thank you. Thank you for making those movies. They're really fun. It's a really interesting way to play with shit. Um, but this movie, same thing. Like it didn't it didn't figure out how to actually make a found footage movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it seems a little base. To say that my low is racism. Yeah, but the movie is racist as shit. (laughs) But, like, how in this day and age are you still going to, like, kill or incapacitate the black characters first? Like, even, even if, for whatever reason, the way that you've written the script, you, like, oh, these are the characters that need to be taken out of commission first. And you just happen to have colorblind hats. Like, how did no one look at that and be like, oh, Yeah. yeah. Let's not do that. And I let's feel, like not feed into these like hurtful stereotypes. Like let's do it a different way. And I feel like it's even worse than that. I, and and even more blatantly racist than just you know picking off our our characters of color. Um, I mean they they walk directly into Lane and Talia's house with the giant Confederate flag in there, yeah. and there is. No conversation about it. No. Isn't this in Massachusetts? No, it's in Maryland. It's in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maryland. But there's no conversation. Like, homeboy's friend, like, childhood friend, does not shut that shit down, does not advocate for his friend of color, does not, like, say something, does not end the situation immediately, like, a good, you know, ally. I don't know if I want to use that word per se, because that guy is fucking not. 
<laughs> um, but just like what a what a fucking shameful way to like erase the black experience and to continue these like white narratives in horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, uh, why why was the Confederate flag there? Yeah, we like, did. What was it? Need what it. was it doing? Like, was it just trying to convince us that Lane is an asshole? Because we could have spent two seconds with him and gotten that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's super heavy handed and, and unnecessary. I mean, especially because, like, then he's like, oh, yeah, let's go out in the woods. Yes, I have this Confederate flag and you're, you know, the idea is, oh, yes, I'm, I'm racist. But also, I'm not, maybe? Not maybe. Like, I, no. I mean, like, it, not that I want them to commit to racism, but, like, they half-ass that, too. I'm just like. Well, and, and it continues, too. So there's a part where they're like. Oh, I forget who says it. I feel I feel like the our lead character James says it. Um I didn't actually know it. But uh yeah. No, you don't want to take ownership for this. I don't. They they were talking about the house that the where the witch lives. Sure. Um and they say like yeah, Rustin Parr's like, house. Rustin Parr's house. So like, yeah, it was like used in the Underground Railroad, I think. Dude, right? <laughs> like, what? I mean, holy <laughs> shit, man. It's like, like yeah. not necessary. <sighs> And, and that's the thing to remember when we when we think about movies like, right, if this was a real incident in real life and like some your idiot friend fucking said that in a weird way, like, sure, you'd be like, OK, that's that's a weird thing for you to say. But someone fucking wrote it into the script. Someone yeah. took time yeah. to think about staging a Confederate flag there so there could be an uncomfortable moment. This was deliberate and this was on purpose. Yeah, yeah you're right. A conscious choice for sure. But jazz. If they didn't say that the house had been part of the Underground Railroad, how would they explain that there was a tunnel underneath it? <laughs> well, right. Like, that was the whole stupid thing is like, didn't they make a comment about like, oh, yeah, there's like a series of underground tunnels or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's part of the Underground Railroad, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the line. And you're just like, like, what the fuck? That's, like, that's not how that worked. That's really not how that worked <laughs> at all. Literally, <laughs> like, there are so many other things. you could. These are like bootlegging, you could use prohibition. Right? You could it use... could just be a root cellar. Well, yeah, and like it could the whole be a thing... cult. It could yeah. be a, be a cult, cult. <laughs> worshiping the fucking witch. Dude. It could be some cuckoo liked tunnels. Yeah, it right. Could be preppers. It could be preppers. Probably was preppers. Probably was yeah. preppers. I mean, preppers. yeah. It's it's just fascinating that they're making those choices, and and I and I think there's something really important in this moment and important in this moment of horror with like right Jordan Peele coming into the stage and you know I don't I don't know if he's making horror or not but he's making important movies that are fucking good and interesting to watch and and do illuminate the black experience in a genre film in a very intelligent way and and I want more of my movies to just they don't even have to be like fucking woke they can just be fucking not awful yeah absolutely and and for a long time i feel like there's been a history of horror that has been exclusively in service to white people uh you mean most of horror yeah most of hollywood yeah. is in service to white people but it's it's almost like there's a whole trope with horror movies wait a minute huh? what where the uh, what? Character of color dies first. Dies? It's so like what? Never, I, I weird. Referring to. I don't, I've I, never heard of that. You know, I've only heard rumors. I've never, never experienced it. My, no, I mean, eh, fuck, dude. Right? 
Yeah, and it's time, yeah. you know, it's time to like get rid of magical black people. It's time to stop killing our characters of color. It's time to and just stop tokenizing and erasing these experiences in these movies because then maybe they won't be so fucking offensive to people and they will want to watch them. <laughs> Seriously. It's weird how people want to watch movies that don't treat them like trash. Pointed directly mm. at, yeah, uh, dehumanizing them and being terrible. It's, yeah, it's it's just so, so infuriating. And one of the things they did with, with Peter, um, the, our bla- the black male character, was they, like, made him an asshole, too. They made him, like, super aggressive for no reason. They made him weirdly yeah. unprepared. Just racist pastiches. And, yeah. and just, like, a weird, like, character of himself. And because right in the beginning, he's like, he's pretty knowledgeable. And he's talking about like, he was on the search team to look for Heather and all these things happened. Yeah. And then like immediately becomes incompetent for no reason. Right. That, I mean, like, why do we have the scene of him fucking up the tent? Like, what? Yeah. Like, why? 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 He, he did. He did an overnight search looking or not overnight. They say it's not overnight, but he did like wood searching for this girl. Yeah. They didn't like drive out to a hotel every night i'm sure he's like experienced outside once yeah i mean also putting up a tent isn't hard it's like, not that hard it's guys. really not hard, it's not that hard. i mean <laughs> tents yeah. ikea furniture like these things are not hard yeah. get your shit together <laughs> oh my god i mean it's seriously Making just eggs is easy like stop it guys just put the two pull two poles together and Put them through the holes, and then there you go. You've got a tent. And like, God, yeah, just portraying him as super incompetent is unnecessary and stupid. Indeed. Um, so there, there is another thing I want to bring up about this movie mm-hmm. and racism. But I also think it is going to go into kind of my next thoughts about um, make-believe folklore. So the little wooden poppets that we like. For some reason, they are called Tawanis. I don't know who gave them that name. They are not credited that way in the film at all. But if you start researching them, the internet recognizes that they are called Tawanis, also known as Stick Charms, also known as Stick Indians, and also known as Stick Men. They're totally make-believe. They don't exist anywhere in the world except this movie. There has never been an instance of this like weird fucking shape outside of the Blair Witch. And funny enough, the only other instances of the word Tawanis um, are an actual indigenous American tribe and a student group at UC Santa Cruz. And the acronym stands for (laughs) Third World and Native American Students. It Mm. is the oldest student of color group in UC Santa Cruz. What the fuck? Who decided to name these weird fucking puppets in this really awkward way? That's an excellent question. And one to which I do not have an answer. I don't either. But <laughs> but it's another thing where it's deliberate, right? Because the Blair Witch made up these stick figures. They're not real. Yeah. They don't exist in folklore. They don't exist in anything. And someone decided to name them Tawanis without doing any research? I mean, at least we researched the name of this podcast and found the other two people who have this name. And we just didn't care. But you'd think if you discovered that and then made a really racist movie, 
you might want to rethink yeah. some of your you choices. Might rethink it. Yeah. Rethink your choices. So you don't know where that came from. I don't. And I, I did a lot of work to try to I don't to think find the original it. creators ever called them that, right? I don't yeah. think so. This has got to be an invention of some studio person or some like guy who got brought in to do rewrites at some point. Yeah, and like I said, they've they've never been named in any of the movies. They're not named in the script. The, there's no naming convention of them associated with the film. Um, they just got named this somehow, and I, I don't actually know by what means, but it is the accepted like name as you try to research them. That's so weird. It's so uncomfortable. It's very strange. But so the, the movie does continue to do a lot of weird make-believe folklore which is cool and it all really kicks off i feel like with their marketing campaign did you guys see the original trailer for this movie nope no so in 2015 i believe or maybe it was early 2016 a trailer started coming out and it was these beautiful um shots of like a drone going over the forest and it was a little girl singing like a fucking 90s R&B song or something. What what huh. was the song, James? Do you remember? I don't remember. It was like one of those very standard things that show up in trailers nowadays where it's like a female vocalist singing a popular pop song in like a mournful kind of like quasi creepy way. Sure. So the song they use in the Blair Witch trailer is Every Breath You Take. But sung, right. but sung by like a five-year-old girl in like a mournful like, like like a watching almost like a nursery yeah, yeah. rhyme, and so and yeah, and then the the end of the refrain is I'll be watching you, and and all of the images are these like idyllic like woods images with weird like quick cuts of like upsetting shit, <laughs> and then the title card comes up for the movie, and it's just simply called the woods. Well, it just says like. Yeah. What is waiting in the woods or something's happening in the woods or something, blah, blah, blah. So starting at Comic-Con that year, all the way until the movie came out, all of the promotional production was for a movie called The Woods. Yeah, they they did the whole codename thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the day it dropped. So we went to go see The Woods at the Alamo Draft House on opening night mm-hmm. and found out we were seeing Blair Witch 3, which we kind of knew was what was going to happen, but it hadn't ever been announced. Hmm. Um, and and I remember even then after watching the movie thinking, I want to see the movie that that trailer was for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and James and I have spent many hours trying to write that movie because I am fascinated with the idea of what that trailer is. <laughs> Do you guys want to pause and watch it? Sure. Justin, watch it. Sure. How does how did anyone watch that trailer and not immediately go, oh, found footage horror movie set in the woods? This is obviously the Blair Witch. Like, what? Right. Well, right. also, it doesn't make it clear that it's found footage. Well, but it looks like it. I don't know. Like, it... So the other thing to remember is this movie didn't come out too long after Cabin in the Woods did. So we were on that kind of like weird, cool, like meta horror, interesting trip with everything. And people were really starting. We were starting to enter the golden age of horror, which is what I think we're in right now. And people were really starting to 
mess around with tropes and and play with ideas and do things that ha- had been unconventional up until that point. And that trailer really plays with that idea. Yeah, a little bit. I maintain that whatever movie that trailer was for would be a better movie than <laughs> the one that we watched. Yeah. I, I want to see that movie big time. But but so one... I don't know. Like, that maybe that's... That might be why we, like, are even talking about this movie in the context of, like, a folk horror movie. Because the trailer gives you this idea that, you know, it's going to be about the woods as a, like, primal... A place of primal fear, which fits right into a lot of the things we've been talking about this season. But the Blair Witch does not do any of those things. Right. And so one of the things that has has been a running theme in folk horror is both coming from a place of fairy tale and legend and tropes and then also continuing on those stories in a in a similar way. I think we're going to talk about folk horror tropes. Yeah. We've only talked about that a couple times, so all right, so we've been talking a lot about this this trope in folk horror, which is to pull your themes from kind of like known or made up folktale and then also try to continue to push it along as its own folk story. And And I think this movie does it really well with that trailer with incorporating and 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 it picks up a lot of stuff from the Blair Witch, right? Because it's it's picking up all of the mythos that the Blair Witch creates and all of the weird conspiracy heads about that movie and kind of tries to push it through. But then it also picks up like weird little tropes from all over the place. Um and so we get uh they're talking one at one part about the witch and there's they say that from the witch you die from fright when you look at her, which is exactly the story of Via. And True. and that's like a really interesting comparison because as we talked about in the Via episode, Google seems to have made that whole thing up himself. Yeah. I mean, I know that we're going to ask the question later, but I'm just going to answer it now. I don't think this is a folk horror movie. No. At all. I, no. I don't think it is either. Again, having watched the first Blair Witch right after this, I thought that movie did the folklore, the folklore aspect of it a lot better than this movie does. Yeah. This movie is a movie that is about the Blair Witch. Like, the folklore in this movie is about the first movie yes. in the series. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't think that they really For do those of us much. listening, for the, the audience listening at home, recount how the Blair Witch Project does... The folk, uh, the folk aspect of it, the lore aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, like it's cheesy for sure because it's sure. literally just them going into the town and talking to people. Right. But I thought that just the weird recounting, like, is again very pretty heavy handed. Yeah. But the way that they did it and with the people that they used in in that movie, mm-hmm. it led a lot to the believability of that movie and and why people literally thought that it was actual footage found in the woods or something. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, it feels like a student project where they're just going through the town and people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, oh, man, you know, old man, the, you know. I, yeah. Old oh, man. you should go talk to that guy. Yeah, he, you know, that old lady that lives out in the woods, her? Yeah, she's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. But it just, it felt much more believable than just like, 
yeah, I'm a I'm Dark Web sixty nine. <laughs> or whatever oh, yeah, his fucking totally screen name was. That was his, fucking, his screen name was about as dumb as that. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and it was just like, I get what they're doing, but also it, it just uh, it, a lot. It's just another thing that took me out of it. Yeah, Anyways. like just thinking about like Lane's character has made me roll my eyes so fucking hard <laughs> that I've detached my retinas. I'm blind now, you guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like and- it's just it's ugh, it's really bad. Like, it's, this movie is, like, don't let my, like, how much I hate this movie. This movie's still entertaining at times. Yeah, and it's it's a fun, funny movie, but. Yeah. It, and it's, it's interesting, too, because it tries to fix what was wrong with the Blair Witch, but then just made more problems for itself. I keep wondering whether this movie was made better or made worse by its association with the Blair Witch. Like if they were trying to do like kind of a spiritual successor being like, Hey, we also want to do a kids lost in the woods thing that like grapples with the history of the Blair Witch a little bit, but like, isn't called Blair Witch doesn't use the you know name. It doesn't use like the, the specific ideas of the Blair Witch just kind of like, we want to do kind of that again. Yeah, Would this yeah. movie have been better because it's not trying to pigeonhole the ideas of another movie in or would it do worse because what they're bringing in as original content was not that great? Well, I <laughs> think it, yeah, yeah, yeah. This nobody would have seen this movie. It didn't have a Blair Witch attached to it. Yeah, like if it was, yeah, we, just, I guess we wouldn't be talking about it. So yeah, but yeah, I I think so much of it is just about committing to the bit. You know, like yeah, they almost pick up on threads at places. They like so in the first movie they talk about. Rustin Parr, mm-hmm. you know, whose house it is that they go right. to and whose house the first movie ends up in and how he killed these kids. But like they were all like facing the wall or whatever. Yeah. And it like almost tries to pick up on that, like that there's like a designated agent of the witch. Yeah. yeah essentially, because yeah. right. because Lane is like, you have to do what she tells you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like that's kind of interesting. Like I'm. I'm kind of here for that. Like, yeah, I love sort that. of pick up on that thread, but then they just don't. Yeah. It, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. They like, there is a, a different movie where they follow lane or like lanes actor either commits to it a little bit more or they use better takes. I don't know which it is because I'm willing to believe that, you know, maybe they just use takes that they thought that they should. And there's a better performance in there somewhere where they follow his descent into madness a little bit more. And I honestly think that there might have even been like it might have been better to follow Lane and his girlfriend and through the like, you know, five days and then have them like bump into like go through hell and then just bump into them. The main characters and be like, what? We just saw you like an hour ago. Yeah. Right. Although I guess that's either way you do that is cheesy. I guess that's basically just the first movie. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, like the first movie, they like, you know, the one guy throws the map into the, like the river or whatever, and uh, <laughs> you know, and they also get lost, but it's in the daytime, and it seems like it's going on for a long time. But either way, like, like I, I really, I really like the idea of playing with time that they touch on. I really like the, you know, what's that? Just, I do, we, I do, legitimately. <laughs> that was like the part that I wanted them to go into more. Yeah, that's fair. that was the yeah, part the that part I was they, like, like the alarm goes off and it's like her six a.m. alarm. Yeah, like that's legitimately creepy. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm being quippy because we've been rewatching Voyager. 
And it's nothing but time paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been rewatching Voyager. You've been watching Voyager for the first time. Let's be clear. Yeah, that. Well, Either I've way, watched some of it. Before. Time paradoxes. <laughs> time paradox. Yeah, it's all like like any good '90s Star Trek. It is how many time paradoxes can we fit into each episode? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But again, I am more here for the movie where they like get weird with time. You know, and actually dive into it than the movie that we got. <laughs> but the movie The Endless already exists and does yeah. that really well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about, yeah, that, movie. I that, forgot about that movie too. That movie is fucking rad. You're right. No, I, I take it back. Like, fuck, fuck this movie. <laughs> Just in general. Uh, <laughs> Wait, wasn't sorry. The Endless the sequel to that? Um, a sequel to a movie? It's like in the same universe as another movie because, like. Some characters show up from another movie, right? right. Like by the same people. <laughs> yeah. Was was Spring the name of their other movie? Let's oh, find out. I really oh yeah, Spring. Spring. It spring was Spring. Is very good. Totally. Yeah. I've only seen the Endless, but the Endless was really the Endless good. Was really good. Spring is also very good. Spring is very upsetting. Oh, where did I see the Endless again? Oh, that's right. It was on the list. The list. That's why we have this podcast. Uh. <laughs> Because we really just want an excuse to watch all the movies from the list. That movie was rad. When we do the science fiction horror se- season, let's do that movie. Yeah. yeah fuck yeah. yeah. I, I saw that movie with you guys at uh, the Alamo Draft House with the creators. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. And James fell asleep a little bit. I did. I was drunk. <laughs> That'll happen. So one of the things that the Blair Witch movies play with is the, the Atluff Pass incident. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. I have been on the internet for a very long time and have read a lot of those articles. <laughs> I, I actually haven't. I don't know. Tell me more. Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm not I'm not summoning up what that is. Could it's you summarize it for me? Yeah. Fucking so great. in 1959, uh, in the Soviet Union, a skiing expedition of nine college students uh, decided to go through this weird snowy pass. Um, and how you do how you do um, mm-hmm. and I, I think they were doing some like college related things like taking specimens and whatever sure it was exactly they were doing they were doing the descent they're doing the descent it was <laughs> fine no no big deals um, <sighs> but they go missing and a few weeks later people go to find them and they find their campsite is essentially fine but all of their bodies are very close to their tents, but completely mangled. So, like, their skulls have been cracked. They've had, like, oh, man. really weird fatal wounds. Um, I, I like, I'm looking it up right now. I, I like the eyes missing part. Yep, eyes missing. Um, and, and it was essentially, it looked like, when you approach the bodies, it looks like someone just kind of stumbled out of their tent and got hypothermia and laid down and died. But when they examined their bodies, they looked like they had been in a 60-mile-per-hour car crash. Huh. And to this day, we have never figured Sick. out exactly what happened to them. There's no incident of animals. There's no, like, avalanche. There, there's no real reason for this to have happened. Um, Jotun. <laughs> Jotun. And, <laughs> and so I feel like Blair Witch kind of plays with this fear of being isolated in the woods. And being very alone and and not being able to see what is happening to you the way that as we look at this incident, we're like, none of us can really figure out what happened here or why it happened like that. Um, And and this kind of actually even happens to 
Peter and Ashley's character in the movie where they 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 get thrown around like Peter gets dragged up a tree. Is that right? I think a tree falls a on tree him actually, falls on him? which is also I was like, really, yeah, guy, I'm really not following what happened there. Really, like it looked like a tree fell on him. Yeah. And I mean, come on, man. Yeah. But so you have to think of like if you stumbled across these bodies, like in the woods, you know, however many years later, you just randomly have, and, and especially like Tali is the really good example, right? She is broken in half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that death's gonna be a fun one to investigate. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck happened to this person? And so, and so, part of the fear in like the found footage thing is stumbling upon it and being like, what the fuck happened here? Sure. I'm actually here for that movie. Like, where's where's the found footage movie where <laughs> it's, you know, some people, like, doing, like, having a, you know, contrived reason to be in the woods, <laughs> and they stumble across these bodies. Where's Blair Witch 4? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we just wrote the woods. I think we finally hit it. Yeah. Also, who found this footage? Where, yeah. where and when did they find this footage? Yeah, that's always that's always um, the fun one with these movies. Yeah. Uh, they all died in this area of the woods where you apparently don't fucking come out of it. Yeah. yeah. Who found this footage? At oh. least, like, they claim the, the found footage that sparks the movie off. He found, like, nestled under a tree nearby. What? And, like, that was uh, the... YouTube found footage. I thought that they, he said that he faked it. No, I thought you said he. Faked no, he faked it. He faked the the puppets. Yeah, he faked the puppets. Oh right. Yeah. But he actually found the video, and, and they're going out there because he thought he saw his sister in the mirror. Yeah, but yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, we see yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa Arlington's character in yeah, the mirror because yeah. time paradox. Totally uh, right. Fucking time paradoxes. This movie's just full of time paradox. Um. Yeah, and so in in a way, I, I like how it kind of plays with all these really familiar tropes and familiar ideas. Um, but yeah, like we keep saying, just they didn't execute them. Except the ending. Except the ending. Masterpiece. Do that for all your horror movie endings. <laughs> Make better movies first and then and then that. Yeah, that, that was works. interesting. Like, oh, yeah, she's able to mimic your voice. And all you have to do is look at her and then you're dead. Well, and then That's like. Cool. Yeah, but also thinking about like Via was very much that, which is like an yeah. interesting old idea, wherever it came from. Well, it's it's like downright mythic, right? right? Like you have the like not being able to look directly at the monster, but being able to look at it askance, like, yeah. like that's straight out of like Perseus and uh, Medusa, and being tricked into turning around to look at like. The like, you know, to look at a loved one is like Orpheus and Eurydice. Like, yep. um, like you have these like downright mythical sort of rules that like maybe don't make sense, but like you're compelled to like grapple with. I think that is that's a cool basis for like dealing with like horror mythic monsters. Yeah. Um, but then it's just like convoluted by all this other shit like. You don't get like you you don't get like this like crazed murderer in the woods like and <laughs> your like mythic rules that you need to follow and also the woods has time dilation like it's too many things and none of them are yeah. working in tandem with one another. Right. That's a re- that's a really good point is that it's like it's too much. It's too yeah. many things. Like it's trying to be a found footage horror movie make us care about these characters also do like some weird like 
tropes also do this like cool like mythic rules for the monster also do like creepy woods shit it's like and a weird yeah. serial murder backstory yeah and a weird serial murder backstory it's like just pick a fucking lane and i think yeah. honestly if you picked three of those things you'd have a great movie if you yeah. just did like creepy serial killer backstory Mythic rules of the monster, creepy woods. There well, you go. That's also the Bear, the Blair Witch. That's Blair Witch too. <laughs> yeah. That Blair no, Witch. Two. It's Blair Witch one. Blair, Blair Witch one. It's the first one. <laughs> uh, and also, like all these things in tandem, right? We a lot of pop horror tries to do this. They try to just deliver all of the tropes to you at, at once because they're like, which thing do you like? We're just going to give you all the things. We're just going to cater to every audience that we could possibly pick up on this. And that's why I hate the American Horror Story series. Because to me, that's what those are. It's like, would you like cryptids and UFOs and an insane asylum all on one plate? Here you are. And I was like, no, I would not like those all on one plate. <laughs> those, those do not go together. Oh, man. Also, side note, uh, for, for, our, for our tasting menu. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. U- UFOs, insane asylum. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I mean, that, that is modern horror, right? It's, it's just like, how many different ways can we kill these people? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm here for those kinds of movies too. Sure, yeah, I don't they watch have a them place very often, but <laughs> they have a place for yeah. sure. But it's not the place is not you know a movie that I want to watch all the time. Yeah, or maybe ever. Also, just side note to go back to Orpheus and Eurydice, that is a major plot point in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. Is that tale? Oh yeah, and it's you know it again. There? I just want to go back and go back home and watch that movie again. And cry my fucking Aww. eyes out because it's so goddamn yet. good. Anyways, I still can't believe you did like essentially a double header with Onward and that. Oh uh, yeah, kind of yeah, like the same totally. week. Yeah, rough. I can't cry that much. It's almost like watching Eden Lake and The Descent back to back. What? Look, no, that's fine. We make choices. All right, <laughs> we make choices and we stand by them. I don't know what to tell you here. Lizzie and I do terrible things to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I mean, to be fair. Earlier in the week, I also had a doubleheader that was Sonic the Hedgehog and Birds of Prey. So, <laughs> what the fuck do I care? Like, meh, doesn't matter. Choices, bro. You win some, you lose some, all right? Like, eh, eh. So, I think that's everything I really have. Do we need to do a rewrite this movie? <laughs> I mean... A favorite segment? Uh, <laughs> favorite yeah, recurring our, segment. Our, our, our favorite, this like, movie. sometimes recurring segment of how could we make this movie better? I mean... You would make this movie better by simplifying it. You would make this movie better by actually using some of the elements, like you were saying, James Baker, from the previous movies. Like, yeah. if you want, like, use the serial killer thing. Yeah. You, like... Uh, lean into those mythic rules that Justin was talking about. Have it like call back to Book of Shadows for fuck's sake, and like you know, have it be about like you know the mythic rules having to do with this witch and like all of those other things. Like lean into, lean into anything. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> just pick a lane. Seriously, literally, just pick a lane because they picked all of the lanes. They yeah, just somebody needs to back lean into fucking something in this movie. Yeah, it's just like this. I don't know because so Adam Wingard made you're next and yes. which is fucking great fucking great and the um, guest and the guest which is also great and vhs right which is a found he did footage a, he did a, scene, he did okay, a, uh, a segment vhs in- was a bunch of different directors do different segments sure but he but did still a segment in found it. footage yeah, yeah yeah he did he did that if i remember correctly i don't love his part of 
VHS. Well, and to be fair, foreshadowing. Adam Wingard did say that when he made Your Next and The Guest, he never thought he was making a horror movie. He thought he was making a movie that very similar to what Ari Aster says he likes to do, make a movie that's just working on all the systemic tropes of it. Yeah. And he did it again. But what I was trying to say is that this movie has the, you know, the feeling of too many cooks in the kitchen and too many, whether it's, you know, the writer is meddling, the writer's not agreeing on something, the director not agreeing with the writers, the studio not agreeing with anybody, but like there's a lot of, this movie smells like conflict. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I thought I read that the backstory of this movie is that Adam Wingard and the writer, Simon Barrett, Simon Barrett met the creators of the Blair Witch, right? Yeah. And they were like, hey, we like your movie. Like, why don't you guys do some more? And they were like, because uh, no. But then they were like, they reached out and were like, hey, do you want to make the new Blair Witch? And yeah. so like, I can 100% see that leading to kind of a big conflict where you're like, hey, you know, we could make this movie. And they're like, cool, we made the Blair Witch and we like that movie. And so then you get this movie, which is honestly almost a beat for beat remake of the first yeah. movie, but with like, you know, today's technology or whatever. Yeah, and or like... Whatever. And some uh, black people for flavor, like God. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they were wrong flavor. It was Jesus. it was basically just like, hey, what if we made the Blair Witch but added more people that could die? Ugh. Yeah, like uh, I mean, that's kind of where they almost ended Did up. Do you want Blair Witch this. to be a slasher film? This movie's like, for you, kind of. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, the first movie, I think, does more with like, I mean, there's multiple scenes of just, it's just black. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You just hear them talking, and that's it. That's a found footage movie, and that's a found footage movie that is also like way creepier than a lot of the shit that happens in this movie. They did. I mean, and again, they used that multiple times, yeah. and still it managed to be creepier than like, yeah, you know, the random like, oh, we, well, we can see it because the cameras are so good, you know, kind of shit where it's like, okay, cool, like I don't, I don't care. Also, found footage question. Now that you say that, yeah. Why did the cameras activate as soon as they woke up? <laughs> it's like they were huh. wearing the cameras to bed. Huh. And then the moment they would hear noises or something, they would wake up and the cameras would be on as they were yeah. waking up. Did they up. explain that they're like motion activated or something? I don't care. No, there was no explanation of that. <laughs> yeah, you're What's, right. No, come on. That's not real. That's, that's <laughs> nice of you to give them the benefit <laughs> of that. Technology doesn't work like that. Technology is on or it is off. <laughs> there is not much right. in the middle. Uh, it's motion technology. activated, but there's no motion stabilization apparently. <laughs> yeah, could, those, those little things could have had an accelerometer in them, you know? I mean, I guess so. Sure. Yes. No, you're. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've said it, because we have been for a few years trying to make the movie like. Mostly out loud. We haven't written anything down. But we oh, wait. Did I, did I oh. say Cast of Community makes this movie? <laughs> Cast of Community makes this movie. Because I have to say that. Yeah. Britta's obviously now. the witch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree Oh, there. my God. Just the lumbering, like, so the scene of the witch, like, kind of lumbering yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yummy, yummy, me so hungry <laughs> in my tummy, pizza. Like, fucking, yes. That's 100% yes. Britta. 100%. 100% Brita. A, a thousand percent Brita. Uh, yes. Oh, God, I love it. 
God damn it. If, so instead of like... Uh, Abed's Lane, Lisa. No, 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 no. Instead of Talia and Lane, Lane. it's Troy and Abed. Is it? <laughs> it's 100% Troy and but Abed. But I feel like... Tr- I feel like Abed would be the videographer. I'm kind of here for the, really, yeah. And he'd be like really introspective and stressed out and like in framing all the scenes. I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of here for the movie. Yeah where, mode. yeah. where Abed is just running back and forth yeah. with the camera. <laughs> like there aren't multiple cameras. It's just Abed. Like, he's like, wait, 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 wait. wait. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, Abed's, Abed's like not even like one of those characters. He's just like, the, he's the director. So yes. He's like, he's like moving around tripods and shit like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Winger is James. That's easy. Easy. Sure. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's Annie Jeff, Jeff and Annie are like. Uh, yes. Uh, James, and Lisa. James and Lisa. Yeah. I know we're joking, but I'm kind of surprised that they never did do a found footage movie for one of their Halloween episodes. Like, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. They did a zombie movie. They did a lot of movies, but they didn't do found footage. Yeah. Well, Maybe. they did. I mean, you know, they Maybe had their other their found movie footage movie. documentary things. Yeah. Seven seasons and a movie. <sighs> they were posting about six seasons in a movie today six on Twitter. Six seasons in a movie, sorry. I'm being optimistic. I would really no. I, I legit thought that you were just like yes, up. one more season, yeah. one and more then a movie, season, and then a movie. Well, they're they're all talking about the movie, right? Like, yeah. Um, depending I mean, on who you follow on whatever social media. I mean, all, it was it was Joel Kale in- and and Ken Jeong, Ken Jeong interacting. I think. Let me see. So good. yeah. Well, those are like the two <gasps> people besides Dan Harmon that you would be yeah. most hard to get. Yes. So I'm pretty sure oh, Lane available. could be. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, it was. Except for Donald Glover. Lane could be Senor Chang. We just have to find a way to taunt Dan Harmon into making any of the shitty movies that we proposed using the community cast. Seriously. We just we have to make that t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the 1v1 me IRL. Uh, we, have, yes. we have to make that t shirt and we have to make it huge. Hashtag 1v1 me IRL. Oh. Yeah. Come on, Dan Harmon. Come at me. <laughs> Fight um, me, Dan Harmon. So, you guys, we kind of danced around this a little bit, but um, is this a full horror movie? No. No. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> no. No, it isn't. Why is it not a horror movie? <laughs> Why is it not a full All horror right. movie, Jazz? Okay. Just so, a little sad pants over there. You guys have been quarantined together too much because I, I hear that tone. All right. I, I hear that tone. Oh, no. Oh no! It's not a full. Tell me why it's not a full Okay, very cool. I hear it. He uses the same voice when I forget to fill up the water filter (laughs) and when I eat all the ice cream. (sighs) Yeah, that's fair. We've been yeah. I just use that voice in my head with Lizzie. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm sure she uses it in her head with me constantly. So (laughs) (laughs) just everything I do. Anyways. So I think when we were creating the watch list for this season, I didn't remember what Blair Witch 3 was about. And all I remembered was the trailer and Blair Witch. And also how much I like Blair Witch 2. And so I thought that maybe it was. Because it seems to have the trapping of all the rules that we've worked on so far. It is isolation. It is working with tropes of folklore. It is a series of events that lead to a tragic, you know, do or die end. But But the thing that it's missing 
Farm animals. Especially farm animals. That's it. That's that's it. That's, that's the it. reason. No um, farm animals. <laughs> no farm animals. I knew where you're going with it. I'm sorry to steal your thunder on that one. But it. But as um, Adam Scoville puts it, it's also missing um, the skewed morality. So these characters are not in conflict with anything. They're just running away. Yeah, I, uh, I I've been thinking about this for the last like couple of weeks. And I was trying to figure out why this wasn't full core because the trappings are there, the and the aesthetics for the most part are there. Like again, like no it kind of plays around with like what kind of horror movie it wants to be. Like it dabbles in like uh, like cosmic horror a little bit. It wants to be like yeah. uh, it wants to be like body horror a little bit. Like there's a lot of things going mm-hmm. on into it, um, but mostly like aesthetically, it's playing in the full core sandbox, but the conflict is wrong i think and i was trying to think about like what is like what is missing like there's there's that conflict of belief that's missing Mm -hmm. uh and i i think that's like just the you know there's the idea of like the the six literary conflicts i think to be a true folk horror film or story the base conflict has to be a man versus society story it has to be like Mm -hmm. this person or group of persons is in conflict with an ideology and that just isn't the case here it's like it's possibly man versus the supernatural i'm just just gonna say man versus because that's how it's always phrased right i I, i'm not necessarily agreeing with that nomenclature or possibly the man versus self conflict and i'm going to maybe get in the weeds a little bit here and i'm going to preface this by saying that i know when you get into talking about like micro genres it, the whole thing gets a little hairy. The uh, the comedian Jordan Morris was, was talking about like metal guys describing the kinds of metal is like listening to a child <laughs> talk about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, oh it's my, so God, real, that's fucking insanely. Accurate. So I I it's know that so like accurate. <laughs> I know that like sometimes you're talking about like oh it's really more this kind of horror than this kind of horror it can sound like that like <laughs> this is really more of a jolteon than a vaporeon yeah god dude I knew I loved Pokemon for a reason <laughs> yeah, it's clearly more of an Umbreon but okay <laughs> but uh, this week I discovered the uh, website Horror Homeroom mm-hmm. um, which I really like if anyone wants to like check it out it's uh, academic writers writing about horror movies in like a really engaging oh. way. Nice. And it seems like they are sort of approaching the material in the same way that like y'all are doing um, and doing it well. But one of one of uh, their well, regular- we, we, Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me stop you right there. We do not do this well. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. If you're gonna say y'all, we, you gotta say we, because again, one of us read a website with you know papers written by academics about horror movies and it wasn't any of the people on this side of the room, it was <laughs> the one person who said y'all. So, uh, like it or not, you're in this one, buddy. All right. Well, I only sound they, academic because I'm a librarian. <laughs> I just know how I to bet. stumble onto information. That's credentials right there. Anyway, <laughs> I think that th- I think their project overlaps with ours. I'll put it back. Yes. <laughs> That's a kind of way of putting it. Um, 
but one of their one of the regular contributors is a literature professor named Dawn Keatley, mm-hmm. um, and she wrote an article last year about the new Pet Cemetery movie. And she was basically grappling with is Pet Cemetery a folk horror movie or not? Interesting. And what she landed on was that it wasn't because the conflict was wrong. It was it wasn't like a these belief systems are coming into conflict. It's really like the protagonist is fighting with his own like urges. Um, and that's exacerbated by like a supernatural setting or occurrence. Mm-hmm. So she calls it folk Gothic, um, tying it in with okay. like the Gothic tradition. Like, sure. so like I said, it's pretty weedy, the distinction between what's folk horror and what's folk Gothic. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I think that like, I think that examination of conflict is interesting in like how we're like judging these things because I re- I I think that Pet Cemetery is a different kind of movie than yeah. Midsummer or The Witch, mm-hmm. which I think we would all agree are folk horror movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and trying to sort of nail down what the essential difference is, I, I think there's something there. And so besides not being good. Uh, I think the essential difference with this movie is rooted in its conflict. And I think that's what makes it not a folk horror movie. Yeah. Totally. And I, I really I love that you bring it up, too, because one of the things, right, I, I that I think we haven't, we danced on a lot during the season, but maybe haven't pointed at was you definitely said just now, like, it's man versus society. But also so many times we've talked about the isolation and it being man versus nature also. And yeah. there is no man versus nature in this movie. It's kids versus a oh maybe witch maybe Slenderman maybe Raptor maybe yeah maybe T Rex it might be T Rex you know and and so that goes to say you know why is Jurassic Park not a folk horror movie <laughs> but no I think and I think at its core it has to be that conflict and then to set the mood then you have to get into all of our other trappings that we really like. That give us the folk horror flavor. Wow. I Definitely. Think, I think we I think we did it. I think we figured out what I think Justin figured out what folk horror is. Justin. By himself. I mean on Justin, his own will you write no my thesis for me? Yes. <laughs> we'll just all crib on Adam Scoville's notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but I think well, and that's one of the things that I really liked about reading um Scoville's writings about this topic is he he also seems a little confused on how to nail down exactly what is folk horror. And, and I think what he does miss is, is yeah, that man versus society conflict and that conflict structure. And then James really likes Thai food and at its core, Thai food is this thing, but then it's, it's a very normal in that cuisine to dress it yourself. So you get the spice tray. And so what do you like? Do you like your, vinegar jalapenos do you like the dry spice mix do you like the symbolic like what are you going to put on it to make it your own and those dressings that we put all over these movies sometimes make it look like folk horror but really you just put sriracha on avocado toast that's I mean, a, that was a uh, long road to hoe for, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, for that point but um yeah i think i follow you yeah sure yeah, yeah. i'm into it there is a new mini series you know it's like it's a two episode mini series 
um, that I think, you know, came out through Masterpiece or some some BBC derivative about, it's an adaptation of Agatha Christie's Pale Horse. And that involves a trio of supposed witches in a small English village foretelling people's death. And there is like, there's a harvest festival and there are little like corn dolly poppets. And there are a lot of sort of like the like wicker man trappings of like what we think of as being that like sort of classic like dark Albion style folk horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at its heart, it is like an Agatha Christie like mystery. Right. And all of the like dressing is there to distract from the underlying structure of the detective story. Um, so it's one of those things that looks like folk horror and maybe sounds like folk horror, but isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the problem was that it didn't feature a duck. <laughs> yeah. It there needed was no a creepy rabbit. Barn animals. Yeah. Looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, but it's a fucking black Phillip, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like, you know, that's that description isn't that far off. From, you know, Hard Times at the Husking Bee. <laughs> sure. That's fair. <laughs> Which actually might be a, a, a folk horror movie. Um, so I think, so this movie's not folk horror. And I, I really like what you said um, about that writer who was talking about, like, maybe it's folk gothic. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. for this movie, I'm just going to push back real, real hard and just say it's pop horror. It is consumer horror. It is a sequel. Yeah. It was made to make money. It was made to be attractive. Well, I mean, all movies are made to make well, money. Well, it wasn't made to be art. It was made to be attractive. Um, and I and I think there is something to be said about, you know, pop horror is a thing. You know, and, and sure, a lot of it uses slasher traps, trappings, because uh, horror was big during the 80s and, and the slasher craze. But... You know, it works just as well with, you know, folk horror trappings, too. Yeah, this movie is like if Ariana Grande did a folk album. <laughs> it's like a big pop force using the trappings of another genre. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'd listen to that, though. Yeah, I, uh, I watched com- this movie. You mean Comrade Grande? Like, <laughs> hell yes. Her and Comrade Spears are going to be in the Politburo when the re- when the revolution comes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it is, in fact, Brittany, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hell yeah. I mean, you know, the first Blair Witch, in this case, is Survivor. Like, the first season of Survivor, where we're yeah. like, holy shit, this happened. And this is... The Masked Singer? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know what... Like some nth degree... The like, seventh you know, season yeah. of Lost? Yeah, we're 20... Well, we're 20 million, you know, reality shows later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is just another iteration of, of that. Of that. Yeah. Where it's like, was- oh, wait, 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 wait. We can just pour very little money into something and maybe make a lot of money? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's yeah. fucking yeah. do that. In some ways, the like first paranormal activity is probably a truer like spiritual successor to the Blair Witch Project than this is. Yeah, totally, hugely, hugely. The other thing that occurred to me is like this is to found footage movies what you know like those 40, 40th slasher movies are to like you know Freddy and Jason, right? Like, yeah, like. Freddy came out, Jason came out, and like, or it was the other way around, uh, Jason, Freddy, and then there was just a million imitators. 
Yeah, right? yeah. totally. So this is just like the nth degree I, of that. I don't know, even know if this is like an imitator, though. It almost feels like so. So we had um, we had the slasher craze, and then Wes Craven turned slasher, returned it on its head, and made meta horror with Scream, and then which still slaps. And by the way. so good holds up. And then they made the 17 scary movie movies. And then it's, it looks like someone watched one of the scary movie movies and was like, oh, what if we made it scary again? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, this is parody of parody. It's parody of parody. Yeah, totally. Fascinating. Is yeah. it horror, though? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Mean, it's absolutely a horror movie. <laughs> just it's making just sure. It's just not a folk horror movie. It's not folk horror, and it's not a good horror movie. It's, not a, it's a pop horror, <laughs> and 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 so getting, it's a pop horror movie. That's a that's a good term for and it. And getting sure. back to our like whole concept of like, well, where else is it going to go in the in the video store? They're going to put this on the new arrival shelf. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is gonna you know this is gonna come out. They're gonna buy 50 <laughs> copies they're all gonna yeah, get this, broken and they're never gonna buy another one in the video store yeah. this is like when they this is a movie that's big enough um and poppy enough that they would get a bunch of marketing collateral for it and they'd put up you know some like poppets yeah. hanging over the registers yep. and some like <laughs> you know there'd be some stuff like kind of wraps around the front of the some weird like limited edition black and orange mike and ikes lots of that shit yeah this is like, no, it wouldn't be that. It would be Mike and Ike's shaped like the poppets. <laughs> I wow. Think. That's pretty intense. You know, hire me for your goddamn marketing campaign. Like, but but <laughs> also, while all of that shit is happening, people are like, wait, did they re-release the Blair Witch? <laughs> 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 like, that's, that's what happens with this movie. Uh... <laughs> I mean, having the having the title Blair Witch doesn't help. No, no it doesn't. Because, yeah, so the official title is Blair Witch 2016, and it's supposed sure. to take place exactly 20 years later because the original movie yeah. takes place in 1994. 1996. And, 1994, And yeah. this movie takes place in 2014 because it's found footage. In the same way that the original movie was bolstered by the mystery of, like, oh, is this real? Did this really happen? <laughs> like, this movie could have been bolstered not by the, like, oh, it's the woods, but it's not the woods. It could have been, like, it's the Blair Witch again, or is it? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is or it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who is this movie for? Blair Witch enthusiasts. That's true. No, or it's I, not. It's or not. not. People want to watch a scary movie on a date night and not pay too much attention to it. Yeah. Heck, totally. This is yeah. for people that want to Netflix and chill. Yeah. yeah. Are you in high school and want to show your girlfriend a scary movie? This is the one. Yeah. There's enough jumps that she'll definitely move closer to you to the point that maybe you'll get to kiss her. Maybe. Yeah. Or not this one. Maybe the first one. But maybe. <laughs> but you don't have to be stressed out like for most <laughs> yeah. of it. Like You can yeah, just like, yeah. settle, that, settle in for most of it. Settle in. <laughs> totally. Do you want to read Twitter while you watch a movie? <laughs> you can do that in every movie. Yeah. But especially this one. Especially this one. It's definitely that. Just genre. not during a portrait of a lady on fire. No. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. Oh, so I've, I've, I've said this so many oh. times in my real life that I don't remember if I've actually said it on this podcast. But in 2006, I went to a 666 party and someone mm. uh, put House of a Thousand Corpses on repeat on the television and faced it into a mirror and that was like part of the ambiance of of the party and i feel like you could just swap it for this movie it'd be fine 
Thanks for listening to another episode of What's Wrong With Us. Like, listen, and subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at What's Wrong Pod or on our website, What's Wrong With Us.xyz for news and updates. For our extras, including our super good Jonestown episode, hey. you can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's wrong pod. And hey, Justin, what are you up to? Uh, you can follow me and my artwork on Instagram at jlawdev, uh, or you can follow the uh, illustrated pop culture recommendation site that I run, Drawn to Culture, on Instagram or Facebook. And until next time. What's wrong, what's wrong with you? Wrong with you. you? I'll say it again from James. What's wrong with you? See, it was too far away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. Did I get roasted while I was gone? Yeah. Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, recording stops now.